Welcome to Recommissioned, a Battlestar Galactica podcast by LSG Media. Each week, we sit down to watch an episode of Battlestar Galactica. Now, I've seen them all, but my good pal Matt has only seen up to the one we are covering. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 4, Episode 10, Revelations. Crew of Galactica. People of the fleet. This is Admiral Adama. Three years ago, I promised to lead you to a new home. We've endured a difficult journey. We've all lost. We've all suffered. And the truth is, I questioned whether this day would ever come. But today, our journey is at an end. We have arrived at Earth. Well, we are back for what they are calling in the business. Once upon a time when they did these things, Matthew, a mid-season finale. We are, Yeah, we sure are. We concluded the first half of season four um, with the episode Revelations that we've been uh, getting ready to talk about for a while now. We were chatting a little bit about it offline. We were also talking about COVID-19, coronavirus, and all the utter panic that surrounds it. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, I just say, um, I'd say it's been a little distracting for a lot of people and we're hoping that we can, uh, help ease some of those distractions, some of the anxiety you may be feeling, um, by discussing this episode, which, um, outside of a really good piece of music, which I think is really good, by the way, the piece yeah, of music yeah. is titled Diaspora Oran, Oratio. Oratorio, Jesus Christ. Diaspora Oratorio. Oratorio is just a type of song, if I'm not mistaken. Uh A type of, uh, it's like um, written for voices, orchestra and voices, I guess. Typically Uh with religious overtones. Oratorio. So yeah, Diaspora Oratorio. And it's a beautiful piece of music. I've listened to it quite a lot since watching this episode. um, Because it's amazing. Amazing piece of uh, music. But the episode, dude. Yeah. What do you think? I'm, dude. I don't even know where to start. I'm I'm shockingly disappointed. Um, right. I mean, it's just the whole thing's a mess. Like the dialogue's bad. The performances are just fucking wooden and awkward. Like it's just such They're a kind huge... of over the top. I think some of them too. Yeah, like everybody's crying and everything's so serious. And oh, we finally got to Earth. Like I, it was just such a like wow. All right, all that for this. That's, right. this, this is how you're going to show it. Like. This it was is, such a huge drop of quality from like even the last episode. This is the moment where you know I I when I talk about black black market being the worst without mm-hmm. question episode. I didn't because we were covering it. I didn't want to kind of yeah, like you leave. forgot. No, it wasn't a question of forgetting. I was just trying not to be like a spoilery because I yeah. had a feeling like this is a jumping off point for a lot of people that watch the series. Right. They were like, yeah, when you oh, never could have pre- prepared me for an episode this bad. Well, think, the really. ending is what it is. People go, yeah. oh, the ending, the ending of BSG is so bad. And this is kind of where it starts with those people. Now, I don't think I hate the episode as much as I do, but it is for sure underwhelming for me. Um, yeah, revelations. Um, I, I think whether it's, it's easily... Easily the worst episode of this season and possibly the worst of the, the series, dude. Like, it's just, right. it's just fucking garbage. I agree. I mean, to start things off, we have this moment with Deanna and it's like they're trying to manufacture tension on the deck, but she's been out of Ugh. the show for so long that it doesn't really right. land. And then you have this continuing, I mean, I love Baltar, but this continuing nonsense with him and, and Rosalind. Yeah. And then yeah. Boring. The, 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 the tie reveal, I was like... 
I guess that's yeah, going to pull yeah. my heartstrings if the sort of the music helps, you know. And then, and then what? Like the next ten scenes are just everybody standing around in that room. Like it's just fucking was it? Boring. Was there? Well, was there anything you liked about it? Because I got a couple things I liked. Uh, I mean, it's just, but it is utterly disappointing, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And I didn't want to I mean, spoil it. I was so worried about tonight because I was like, if right. he loves it, this is going to be a problem. I know. Well, I mean, like you said, I like the music. Um, some of the the CG on the ships as they're like coming into the planet look cool. Right. I'm, I'm searching, man. Like there's just not much. There's really nothing nothing much happens in this episode and nobody's interesting, really. Right. You it's know? not it's sort of yeah. not what's the the, 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 the the table has been set. <laughs> you think they've turned off? They they hey, turned it off yet? Dude, yeah, if this is it off. I would have turned it off. I would be <laughs> Dude, I hate when people write into shows like for to be to disagree, but I would be somebody going, These guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> These fucking idiots. Hey, real quick though, best episode hey. of the show. Hey, it's fucking amazing. It's the <laughs> it's best. It's fucking fantastic. Listen to me. Oh, let's it's put so this good, Dean. I can't, oh, I wanted to bust a nut at the end of it. Oh, let, let, it's let's, so good. Let's 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 put this underneath while we talk oh. about how heavenly and beautiful. <laughs> And utterly inspiring this episode of TV is. Oh, Every so moment of this episode is heartbreaking and beautiful and amazing all at the same time. Oh. And when I hear this choral music, this diaspora oratorio by Bear McCreary, I, I I want to just weep for what is beautiful television writing. We've been watching these characters for so long. All of this stuff they've gone yeah. through. Oh my god, this episode's so fucking good. It's so good, man. I, we were just being a couple of dicks just to fuck with all you guys because we all know it's great. Like, right. holy shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I am amazed at how much they were able to put into for this sure. episode. Like, for one, when I when I watched it on my second viewing, it re- like, my first viewing, I'm not going to lie. I, I loved it, but it also felt, it felt long in a good way. I was like, wow, it feels like I'm watching a movie. Like, sure. so much is happening. It feels like a two-hour episode. But we, I look, I actually did check the time. I was like, did they make this a longer episode than right. normal? No. They didn't. And I was like, it felt so rich and just packed full packed because there's full. not a wasted second in this episode. Um, and, and that, for, for one, impressed me. But then in the second viewing, I was like, I'm amazed at how fast they kept the pace and still really had the time to, to have these character moments with the, the, you know, the father and the son, the son having to step up and, you know, the betra- sense of betrayal uh, that, that even Lee has when he has to go in and confront Ty. Like, so much there's so many this episode genuinely feels like the culmination of the entire series like more so than any other you could um, have like ended every, the show here you really could have i, I was going to talk about that because i I've, i haven't i was going to pull it up actually um but one of our listeners posted a comment on that actually i think even asking like if this was the last episode what would you guys think would that be okay yep and honestly this could have been the last episode for me i would have felt emotionally satisfied with this. I would say the only thing I would need from it for me to be like, okay, it's truly, this is an ending that we can walk away from the entire series and this is it, would be once they're on Earth, you know, the desolate, destroyed nuclear wasteland of Earth, I think it would have been cool to, at one, you know, to, to take it in just like we do in this episode where you see everything and then it maybe cuts back to like Adama and Rosalind standing there with Deanna and then being like, well, what's next? And we're like, well, then 
we we rebuild like maybe some like just teasing out of the possibility of like well maybe they're going to work together and try to like fix earth together and make some kind of new civilization and we could leave it there like a little note of hope even amongst the the wasteland of earth amongst former enemies i'm like that would have been enough like we could dude we could have just literally closed it right there and i would just be fucking bravo i'm I'm happy like for sure i would have been happy really it's amazing uh, it's, it's an great. amazing piece of television. And you know, it's funny. I, I don't think it's perfect, but I do mm-hmm. think it is It is the best episode of the show. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. You, the only thing, you know what? The only thing that I, I, I found off about it, now this might be just because I was, I hadn't seen it in a while. And, I, and, and, I hadn't, and it hadn't been a while since I watched The Hub because, you know, we were a little bit behind with this. Was just mm-hmm. the immediate moment with Lee and Starbuck and Lee being in a sour mood talking about his dad being gone. And I was like, oh, is that like, is he, is he really grappling with that? Doesn't he know his dad's safe? But that was more me kind of forgetting how he ended up. But I never, ever felt like, oh, Adam is in grave peril and this is how it feels. But it was a really cool scene as it played out. But immediately when the episode started, I knew this episode was amazing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I, I kind of remember this part. But then it started to kind of make itself up as the episode went along, so to speak, that moment, because... When he's, you know, when 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 Starbuck says for children to reach full potential, their parents have to die. Starbuck, of course, recounting Leoben, I was like, wow, that's a great callback, yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, and Deanna is just great. She's so oh, good, man, dude. She is so good. Lucy Lawless fucking crushes. She's this. so good, dude. Kills it, man. But but Ugh. it might be easier to kind of go through this sequentially a little bit. You know, we don't yeah. have to go yeah. scene by scene, but maybe in chunks. I think we should talk about the Leon Starbuck into Diana, uh, Diana, and then Adam is told to go with the Diana to retrieve them because this whole so the whole setup is Lee's in the sour mood is because Adam and the president aren't back yet. Lee recounts when he was in trouble, he had to you know go to where his dad was sitting. I love that. I love oh, him yeah. talking about that because so many people can relate to that. You know, my dad, my, my what people might not know about me is that my mom and dad divorced when I was like in a high chair. So I didn't have to experience that, which is awesome. And I guess it was fairly clean as far as the divorce goes. Right. Um, my mom was 18. He was like 26, 25. So <laughs> they, they were fucking kids. They don't know what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> right. And, um, and so as a result of that, my, uh, my dad remarried. So I told you, I just told you this on the only God forgives. I, my stepmom has been my mom, my other mom for as long as I can remember. And, uh, in that said, you know, my, she, <laughs> she, she would like, when we would get under her skin, me and my brother, cause my dad had two other kids, three other kids, two brothers and a sister. When we get under her skin, she'd throw shoes at us and shit. And my dad is like this 70s tough guy. He was legit in a fucking biker gang when he was a kid. And not just like a regular one, but like, you know, he was in a, he was in a pretty big one. And, um, funny, Hell's funny ushers. Uh, let me tell you a funny story about that. This is a, this is a really interesting side note. Uh, my sister was dating this guy for a little while before she had met her current husband. And, um, she was a lot younger, maybe mid twenties. And he was in a motorcycle club and they were sitting around all talking one day and she was like and they're like wait who's your dad and she says and he goes oh my god i gotta i gotta i gotta go and i gotta put you in the book that guy says so i'm like what the fuck she's telling me this story recently i never heard this before <laughs> and it's the book and, and they write her name in this book so every other guy in the club knows not to ever ever try to go out with her 
<laughs> fucking wild, right? I was Damn. like, I kind of want to pull my dad aside and be like, what's all that about, dude? But when <laughs> they said his name, they knew him. And I was like, that's fucking crazy from all that time ago. That's nuts. Um, anyway. Damn. All that shit aside, this um, this setup is is amazing. And my whole point in telling you the side story was the sound of my dad coming up the stairs after breaking his back all day building houses, knowing we were going to be told on we had to sit on the stools, <laughs> was the worst. And he never laid a hand on us, ever. Yep. It was yep. just his presence, which is funny because he fucking got the shit out of him a lot by his World War II veteran dad. And um, he was just like, I'm really disappointed in you guys. Like he'd come up and we were just like, Oh no. Like we would have fun getting shoes thrown at us and having Karen chase us around the house. And then she's like, I'm <laughs> you telling your demons. father. And then we were like, ah, fuck. <laughs> and then she'd make us sit there while he came up the stairs. Just, you can hear him clomping up the stairs, just tired as shit. And uh, not wanting to have to deal with your bullshit. And exactly. <laughs> especially after this all day. And I just love how Lee, I, I just immediately thought of that because when Lee just totally. like, we had to walk up to where he was sitting. And we just knew we were in deep shit. I love that. I love that he says it in such a real fashion. And so many people can relate to this. And I know that side story took way too long. But um, <laughs> but I really enjoy it. I thought it was a really great open. And, yeah, uh, and no, then and we I, pivot to Dion. I so a, I'm going to shut up now. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I, this. what I love about this, like even just the visual of it, of when he walks over to the desk and we really just see the desk there with its empty chair. <clears throat> you know, it's a cool foreshadowing to when Ty has to go into his office mm-hmm. and admit the horrible truth. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really cool Absolutely. setup for that scene later of Ty having to face down that same kind of fear in a That's sense. Awesome. Um, and it's also just it's a cool moment here of Lee, because I, I, I never really thought about it until this episode, honestly, of how much Lee questions himself. Of any character on the show, he questions himself a lot. Um, He's very self-reflective. Yeah, and I would I'll, sometimes I would even say maybe a little too much, a little mm. bit of analysis paralysis in him, where it kind of holds him back. But he's always still, I, I think he's a very thoughtful person. And I think this scene is a really cool way of showing that, of he's had to become interim president and also the, the commander of all the military forces, his own father, is gone. And he's just having to stand there. It's like all of this fucking responsibility and burden is back on me. Once again, I'm having to make these fucking super hard calls essentially on my own. Uh, and he's just, again, questioning if he's really ready to do all of this without any guidance. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I love the way Starbuck brings up that story of like, because it's it what it's a perfectly brought up quote because it's not trying to like influence his feelings one way or the other about like how things are going to turn out, but just saying it's kind of the way of life and of nature that it's like we have to replace our, our parents at a certain point. Like there's, a, there's going to come a point where they're not there and you're still going to have to proceed and like kind of telling him it's like you've already been doing that like you don't you don't need him right behind you to make you okay like he raised you that's what he did for you um and it's a really cool subtle way of kind of giving him that little like hand on the back um that's good man it's just fucking good shit this whole every every character beat in this feels so accurate like i don't know how else to say it other than that of like the characters they i feel like they are all handling this the way i always thought they would sure um and that's an interesting thing when you think about it as a, in a storytelling sense. Like, I always want to be surprised by the plot and by revelations. But when it comes to character, 
I don't want to be surprised. There's actually more of a satisfaction of under, like, I really understand this person. Um, and that's why I actually, like, remember on, you know, last episode, I felt a little weird about the way Gaius was behaving uh, in an episode or two ago, where I was like, this kind of doesn't feel like Gaius in a weird way. It feels a little off. I don't feel that way at all uh, in this episode. I, I think the way Ty behaves, Lee behaves, Starbuck, all of them, they're facing down this kind of final, or it feels like in this episode anyway, this final dilemma and this tension in exactly the way I think they would. Um, and handling it the way that they... That, and when I say what, the way they would, I also mean in the way that they have grown over the series. Like, I feel like the way they make certain choices, and, you know, we'll talk about them as the scenes come, uh, but I'm like, this... Yeah, maybe Starbuck wouldn't have handled this exactly the same way three seasons ago, but over the course of this show and the way she has changed and had to evolve and the things she's even suffered through, I'm like, yeah, this is the kind of conviction she would have now. <laughs> like, this is who she has grown into. Um, just good shit, man. It, the character stuff here is so great. And that's also what adds to this feeling of like, this could be the finale. Like, I feel like they have all grown as people um, and come to this point where it's like they've evolved to kind of, I don't know, their final stage, the matured, you know, crew of the Galactica that's seen it all. I don't sure. know, man. It feels, feels awesome. Uh, a couple things you said there I really want to talk about because I think it's a, it's a, it's a very good, uh, it's a very good philosophy by you. You said and I'm and I'm kind of paraphrasing. I didn't quite get it all written down, but I wrote, "I don't want to be surprised by the character, just the plot." Right? You you kind mm -hmm. of said that. Mm -hmm. That's a really awesome way to sort of think about it. I would say the only caveat would be at least this deep into a series, right? <clears throat> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that I think is huge because we could probably argue that between when this episode was really peaking and now, there have been a couple of writing faux pas. And yeah, even sure. character moments where we're like, yeah, really? But it almost seems like revelation is one way of saying it. You could even say re-resurrection. It's almost like they've returned to form, but as you said, with extra growth. It's like the the person you haven't seen in a long time moves away and they come back and you quickly realize that not only is this person as cool as they've ever been, but all of their stupid insecurities and all of the, 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 the other things that were holding them back seem to have evaporated uh, in, in the intervening years of their aging and experience, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, um, that's something I really experienced when I went back to Florida to see friends I hadn't seen in 15, 20 years. You know, I had this crazy fear of flying. I finally fucking got over it. And then I started seeing people that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I was like, you guys are, it's like we never left, but you guys are just way more mature now. You know, it's it's really cool, and I, and and that's 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 an experience I felt watching this episode. I was like, God, this is such a cool feeling to see these characters acting in ways that you just imagine that they would act. And in that, like you said, I don't want to be surprised by character. That's such a great way to say it because we we why don't we want that? Because we don't want the writing to to be divisive and stupid. We want the characters to react in a way that we know the entire success of the Star Trek franchise is built around, we know what the characters are going to do. We, we know the characters so well. We, we just want to see them in different situations because we right. love them and we want to see them react to those situations, not because we really want to see this crazy growth in them. Um, character growth is amazing in, 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 in different types of shows, right? Yeah. Character yeah. arcs are amazing in different types of shows. Ensemble casts are a little bit difficult, and they have grown a lot. They have matured a lot. Um, but, but you know how they sometimes say people can never really change, you, you know, that there's some truth to that. Like, 
I've never ever met somebody that was totally different 15, 20 years later. Never. Ever. <laughs> right. Not totally different. Unless they had some life altering, like I went to prison for 10 years. But even then. Um, and yeah, man, it's, um, it's, it's awesome to see these people where they are today. And especially when you know everything they've gone through for three years, Saddam says. Three years, which feels like 10 because we've been podcasting about it for about that long. <laughs> you, <laughs> Pretty much. you just get such a sense for these people and they're reacting as you imagine they would. And, and so much of that comes in each of these individual performances. And it's just awesome. Um, but let's talk about the plot. Let's talk about the tension of the plot, which Ooh, of course yeah. begins with Deanna saying, uh, Adama being told if the Salons get the fourth, they get earth. You let the, don't blow the ship up. Eh? Basically Rosin saying, destroy the ship. Because if you don't recall what's going on, essentially you have you have these people all being held hostage on the base star, and the the final four, as it were, are on the Galactica, and they're looking to do an exchange. And the fear is, is if one side gets all of the other side's thing, then there's there's going to be betrayal to be had. So it's a very tense right. situation. If the Cylons get the four and keep the hostages, they're fucked. If 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 we, if they can't work out some kind of deal for them to all go. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, I actually totally get Deanna's point of view. I think she has a great line where she's like, well, you know, I, I think it's Rosin is like, well, if we, we have all four, maybe they just give themselves up or, you know, we, we find out who they are and we can, then we can give them to you. And she's like, no, if you find out who they are, you're going to kill them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we can't do that. Like, I don't, I don't blame her for not trusting them. Like, yeah. I don't blame either of them for not trusting one another, really. Because what are they getting the deal if she lets the hostages go and the four aren't there? She loses everything. She has no bargaining chips whatsoever. Right. And this is this is the first time we've ever had human Cylon interaction where these Cylons, man, like they are not a part of, I don't know what you want to call it, the Cylon fleet, the Cylon Empire, whatever. Like they are off on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got no the reinforcements. Rebels, as it were. What's that? The rebels. Right. Yeah. They're like Cylon rebels. Like they have no backup. They have, you know, if this base star is destroyed, they're dead. Like there's, they're not going to resurrect. They don't, they don't have anywhere else to go. So I, I can appreciate her, her position of like, Hey, we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to use whatever leverage we have. And that means we're going to take you guys hostage. Like I get it. I totally get where Deanna is coming from here. Um, to be honest, I actually sympathize slightly more with, with Deanna's position a little more than Rosalind's. I'm like, I get this idea of, okay, well, if, if we can't, if the negotiations break down and we can't work this out, then you got to destroy the Cylons so they don't get to Earth before us. But I'm also like, really though? Like, do, do you need to do that at this point? Like, they're, they're pretty powerless. Uh, you know, as they're sitting there amongst the human fleet, like, they could hit them with nukes. Like, that's a danger. But if the Cylons just took off and got to Earth, these Cylons, this one base star, I'm like, I kind of don't feel like that's the end of the world. I mean, I get it. I get Rosalind still like being concerned about like what that could mean. Um, I, think but she, I, I think that means they'd never find it. Right. Yeah. If they don't have the information to get there. Right. Um, but yeah, no, still a pretty fucking desperate call though to be like, yeah, just nuke this whole base star, kill me and everyone else on board. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Hell hath no fury. Whew. Um, so I guess Deanna just says there are only four in the fleet, not five. She talks about how they're, uh, in communication with her. She says that coming up here, but but I do like that stuff. I like where she says, uh, you know, they're here. They're in contact with me when they get there. And Lee's like, well, if they want to go, then, then they're allowed. They're not going to be stopped. And Tori's right. like, ooh, let me give the pres her, mesident, her uh, the pres- <laughs> president her medicine. 
Uh, Tori is so fucking sharp. Oh. <laughs> that was that was good, man. Because also the moment she's filthy. Um, she's so oh, she's so good. But like, I loved. I, I love how Anders is still the kind of like childishly naive, hope hopeful one amongst them. Because like that moment where he's like, "Well, maybe maybe she won't recognize us," and Galen looks at him like. You're fucking kidding me, right? Yeah. Like she's they immediately gonna know who we show are all instantly. their faces. Yeah, <laughs> she looks up, sees the both of them, looks straight to Ty, looks at Tori, and she's like, "Yeah, well, if the four want to come with us, <laughs> it's like, bitch, I know who you fucking are. I've seen your face." But she's smart not to out them because the yes. the Marines could snag them, and that's that. Totally, totally. Right. Um, but that, oh, that that's such a great scene of when she steps off that ship with Adama, and they're all there, and Ty has got to be. He's got balls of steel, but at the same time, he must just be barely fighting off, no just shit. like shivering in his fucking boots. Like, oh fuck! Like, no she's shit. gonna definitely know I'm one. Because you, because you, you've gotten to a point now. We we have to always keep the four in in mind when we think about these episodes, because all of the obvious tensions are there. But think about what these people have been grappling with these final four, as it were. They've been grappling with the idea that their identities are being used in the negotiations for the big win, so to speak. And they mm-hmm. all care enough about the fleet, maybe Tari not so much, but they all care enough about the fleet to where they're like, well, it's just a matter of time before we are all found out. They all know that now. Oh, right? yeah. They've all known that for a while. As soon as the negotiations went in the direction of, well, we need the four and, we're, and those are going to be, that's going to be the bargaining. And, and Deanna can identify the four. <laughs> he went, well, the, the clock is now ticking. Yeah, yeah, just imagine living it. with that. That's tough. Also, dude, I just realized the visual of when you know when Deanna's stepping off of the the raptor and looking around, and you know we cut to all of the the four their faces. It is so cool that Galen and um, Anders are standing up on the balcony overlooking because that's the same exact way she saw the final five in her vision wow. up at the balcony looking down at her. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like they're kind of standing in the shadows. Good point. Uh, I love it. I love that shit. And also, I mean. To Deanna's credit, too, also, again, just fucking crushing this episode, I love how, you know, she she looks straight at all of them. There's a moment where she really looks at Ty, like, mm-hmm, I know, looks to all of them, and then very casually cuts right into this whole little speech of, like, well, if the Final Four want to join me on the base star, they can. Like, I'm just yep. going to leave it at that. You know, making the announcement to those who need to hear it and keeping it very subtle. For sure. This leads right into um, some military planning. Starbucks is going to figure out a way to get the Colonials back by force if necessary, right? And that's when Bill's just like, look, if, they don't, if we don't stop the sounds from reaching the base ship, then it must be destroyed, despite the fact that half the crew is over there. Like that, that I get that call. I mean, because once the four go, what's stopping them from just jumping away and going, go fuck yourself. We're not bringing you to Earth. Earth is ours, right? Right, right. And Lee's like, well, you're right. And uh, we lose those four and we lose Earth. That's a that's a very reasonable conclusion. And uh, right. they all sort of agree that this is going to be, the base tower's got to go if this is the case. Yeah. They have to stop them from beating them to Earth. I do get it. I do get it. Right. It's a fucking perilous situation. Cool briefing. And then Athena kind of assumes the prisoners have been moved as she's sure that Deanna knows that she, Athena, will be part of the briefing. I love that. She's like, well, she knows that I know. So yeah. there's going to be compartment to compartment compartment to compartment fighting that's not gonna be good that's no fucking good dude <laughs> like the moment she said that i Too was like well, this yeah i was like dude if that's gonna be what it is then this plan's already kind of shot to shit like absolutely you, you cannot be doing that that's that's insane like you're just gonna get all like held up fighting centurions and and you're gonna be screwed right um, and that's when Charles but also, said, boy, well, how fucking handy nukes. is it to have a cylon <laughs> say it again how handy is it to have your own fucking cylon 
See? Yeah. They were, yeah, exactly. they were also down on it before. I'm like, hey, don't you glad? Aren't you glad you know somebody who knows the inner workings of a base star? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And yeah, because once you go, the other part, part of it too is you start going compartment to compartment. Like Lee says, now they're just going to execute the prisoners. Why not? Right. Right. Yeah. As exactly. the jig is up right there. And Starbucks like, well, then we'll nuke them. And we're like, all right. I like it. <laughs> okay. Okie okay, doke then. <laughs> Ugh. And I'm also like, if you're going to do it, because like, oh, that, that scene, it, it bugged me, but in a good way. Like, it's not the scene. It's more just like, oh, the, the shitty options they have before them, they all yeah. suck, you know? It's like, they all suck. she's like, well, we have to make sure we have the Raptors with the nukes, you know, and they're, they're already there and ready. And I'm like, so why even send in Marines at all? You're going to just add more humans to the fucking slaughter? Like, shit. Yep. It's just such a bad, bad play. I mean, like, I get it. It's a desperate move and you got to do what you got to do. But I was like, fuck, that really sucks. <laughs> There's no good to come from this. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you take with the, uh, what do you think of Rosalind and Gaius's interaction? I mean, it cuts to her literally like dressing his wound or changing his wound dressing. Yeah, dude. I, he is so honest here and I, oh, yeah. I love it. I love what he's, I think this is maybe the single most honest sentence Gaius Baltar has ever said of, I love living. <laughs> yep. I love being alive. Like that is, that was true when he was an atheist. And that is true now as he's a fucking spiritual leader. Like mm-hmm. that's the truth of it. Like that's him. He doesn't, he is a person who, and, and I think it's really, it's kind of an obvious thing when you really stop and think about it, but it's not hammered in too hard. It's a good point. But, but Baltar has always been the character to kind of indulge. And indul- like we see him with back when he was, you know, on Caprica and living his normal life, he was a rich, happy scientist, fucking a beautiful woman. Like he's like always the, the indulgent person. He loves life and a zest for life, as they say. A zest. zest. <laughs> exactly. He lives a spicy life like Barry mm. Pepper. Yes, very much. <laughs> spiciest of lives. And I, and I think him just admitting that to her of like, look, I'm just a, I'm just a guy. Like, I just, I like being alive. Like, thank you for doing that. And kind of, I, I also kind of took this as a, a moment of the two of them burying their own like personal hatchet that they had between one another of like, look, I, I'm not your enemy. <laughs> like, I don't hate you. Another thing too, and, and I think what cements them in this, what, what, the other very overlooked moment in this in this particular meeting is when she tells Gaius the plan. Think about that for just a minute. Mm-hmm. You That's just really told Gaius, the ultimate survivor, your plan. What's to stop him from just going, may I talk with you for a moment, Six? <laughs> I'm going to tattle now. Right. And he doesn't. And better yet, he starts thinking of ways he can impact this situation. Right. 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 So and sure, good. you could argue because he wants to live, but don't they all? Aren't they all doing this to live? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love that moment. It's a huge moment of trust from the present to her. Maybe an overstep, but I'm going to go on good faith and call it trust. And then for yeah. him to think about that and go, he goes, you what? At first. And then he starts <laughs> thinking about it, and then he starts to put himself into action. I'm glad that Guys was proactive in this episode because he was very good. I'm glad that he got yeah. to have his moment as well, as everyone else did in this moment. But let's shift gears and talk about this moment between Tori and, and Rosalind. Very cold, Tori. Dude, yeah. You know, we talked a while back, a couple episodes back, about how much she was the one of the four who really started to embrace being a Cylon. Like, more so than, you know, like, she really kind of lost all tension about, like, oh my god, I'm a Cylon, I thought I was a person, I want to be a part of the people and the fleet. Like, she kind of was like, mm, fuck it. I'll be a Cylon. Like yeah. she, she took it on. Like Ty is the the ultimate example of I don't care what the fuck I am. I'm a colonial officer. That's what I am. I don't care. I don't care what my nature, quote unquote, is. 
that is what I am loyal to, that is what I care about, and that's what I will die to protect. She's the total opposite. She was she found this out, this information about herself, and for her it was like this new door of like, oh great, I actually like that reality. I'll take it. And yeah. boy, once she's back with the silence, like she just seems like a she's like she, she's the most comfortable Terminator. Just like re, yeah, I'm done taking orders from you. I'm back with my peeps. Yeah, done with this. It's unfortunate. Shit. Kind it's, of is. It's unfortunate. It, it it's um yeah. I, I I don't ever get the impression she was mistreated. I mean, working for no. the president's a hard fucking job. Presidents are uh, going to have some ego fucking power trips on you and you got to just deal with that shit. But it, um, obviously shit we don't see other than when Tori has been quote unquote bad and Rosalind comes down hard on her, right? I'm sure it's no yeah. fucking picnic dealing with Rosalind. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> wait a minute here. Like what, what, it's kind of, uh, it was disappointing that she would, that, 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 that's the kind of person she is, but I don't really have her entire perspective, so I don't want to be too judgmental on her. Um, but you know, you were you were comparing and contrasting her to Ty, and I really like that because I'm I'm thinking about the four now, and I'm thinking, okay, Ty is I, I'm just going to fucking kill myself. I'm not going to do anything. This is terrible. I'm going to do my job. Then you have her, who's just like, I'm going to kind of embrace it. I'm going to fuck the doctor. I'm going to you know look with my vampire eyes and hear with my vampire ears now. You know that exactly. whole thing, right? Embracing yeah, totally. the, 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 the dark <laughs> gift, as it were. And then there's Anders, who is going through this emotional struggle of feeling and then Tyrell you feel like almost gets a little bit of the short shaft as far as like what what role does he serve his was all kind of around the Cali stuff but even now you're like ah he's not getting a ton but I'm sure more will come for him but it's it's interesting that when you as soon as you compared and contrasted two I was like yeah well what role do the other two play in this and and maybe I don't know if you can define one for the chief but I was struggling to but Andrews is clear yeah, I'm not sure I mean he seems very much like shit you know what he reminds me of yes it. he's so chill he, he also kind of reminds me of the comedian from the Watchmen like that <laughs> yes you know what I mean yes. like he has this kind of like smirk about it all like it's all a fucking joke like it's yes. all it's all just the same shit like I'm a Cylon I'm not a Cylon who gives a fuck like, maybe he's a nihilist he now Oh, dude, his fucking smirk on planet Earth had dude. me howling. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. He's the, everybody looks so distraught, and he's just like, of course it would be. <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. <laughs> I can dig it. It's dig the it. fucking cynical side of me that's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think uh, I, I'm, I'm just Dylan. afraid to confront the own reality of my own attitude, which lives in the chief in these moments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm right. blind. I'm blind to my own obvious character flaws of embracing nihilism at every fucking turn. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh shit. I'm glad you pointed it out to me. Well, fuck. it's one of those things where I'm like, I want to believe I would be Ty, but I'm like, I might be Galen. <laughs> right. <laughs> if this actually happened, I'm like, ah, oh, then fuck it. I guess I'm a silent who gives a shit. Right. Oh, is there Christ. is there any true is there any uh do you have any insight into the line Tory drops on Rosin by saying it might be worth pondering what else you're wrong about? I dude, I love that line, but I also am like, does she have something specific in mind? Or is it more that like when she says it for the on the, my first watch, I was like, what is she referring to? She must be referring to a particular decision, a call, you know, that she that Rosalind had made or is going to make, uh, that she disagrees with. Or it might just be more of like a criticism of her entire attitude and self-assuredness. I'm mm -hmm. just like, maybe you should step back and like not be so self-righteous and it. be so sure of yourself all the time. Uh, this leads to them all hearing the tune. Uh, well, first of all, first things first, Deanna just starts executing. She ain't playing around. Yeah. 
Dude, so, that was a shock too. I love the way they showed it where we just cut awesome. to, you know, that, that great Battlestar Galactica, you know, zoom in of, you know, in the middle of space, the fleet's all out there and you just see this little dot and then we zoom in on it and like, oh fuck, that's a person. I like, was like, is that, when I first watched this episode, I was like, is that the chief flying through space? Pulling a fucking Leia. <laughs> wow. He really did just do it all full tilt nihilist fuck it. Just <laughs> airlock myself in the middle of all this. He's just chomping oh, on an apple as he gets blown into space. <laughs> Holding his own baby. Oh, God, it's so dark. <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, that was brutal. And boy, we hard cut from that to Deanna saying, oh, so changing plans. We've just gone ahead and executed the first of the colonial hostages. And we're going to keep doing that. Yep, and that's when when Lee uh, orders, I guess you could say, the uh, commander of the fleet or the admiral of the fleet to uh, to commence rescue ops, and that's when they all start getting the 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 things going off in their heads, right? Um, Tori as well, but obviously she can't rally to the Viper because she's on a base star because she's uh, embracing her new life, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, this kind of leads to this mystery surrounding that pristine Viper. We've always had this in the back of our mind. I like this. I really think that this is good here because it's been there. They've never really explained it. And it's just sort of been lingering. Like what's up with that fucking brand spanking new spotless Viper that Starbuck returned in. Right. Right. And it has the same numbers, same call sign as the one that she, you know, that Lee saw her blow up in. Yep. And this one has come back. It's, it's, you know, perfect. And it is, it's, it's funny. It's one of those cool details that goes right by. It was always there, but you're like, yeah, if she, if it's true what she's saying, this Viper has literally been to Earth. It, it might still have, you know, in whatever records, it, you know, the automatic records these things keep of like where they are and you know, star charts or whatever. I'm like, it was there. And it makes it, it's like, I love this idea that it has just been sitting there calculating. You know, it maybe just took time for it to like process all the information. And now it's like, okay, finally done. Here's Earth. For sure. And uh, so we have cool. a big confrontation between Ty and Bill. Let's have a listen. Oh, so good. Caprica, you were in captivity. They did something to you. They, an implant, a post-hypnotic suggestion that makes you feel this way. Let's go talk to Doc Cottle. Listen to me. It is not a delusion. It is not a chip in my head. I am a Cylon. I fooled you for months now. I didn't want to, but I did. Get your hands off of me. If I'd had the guts to airlock myself when I first found out, we wouldn't be in this mess. But that's the way out. Not this suicidal attack. I am one of the final five. Woo! That starts off by him saying, you gotta scrap the mission, right? Yeah. And he's like, it's not gonna end well for you. But And dude, this is such a good moment. Not gonna lie, I mean, I've always like you been a big fan of ty i've always mm-hmm. liked his character i mean i i found him to be a bit of a uh dick bit of a hard ass in the first season or two but over time i was like nah he's he's right man like Especially most of the time the he's right oh yeah the hard charger fucking had his head on but dude this is the it's single it's heartbreaking and it is the single most noble thing ty has ever done absolutely like he only has everything to lose here um, but he knows it will save lives, human lives. Like that's, what's so incredible about this. Like he has had to live with this horrible truth of knowing he's a Cylon for months now. And like, that's been eating him up. And like, 
I love that moment too, where he says, "I should have told you the moment I found out." Even mm-hmm. when he's standing amongst the, when they have, they pull him into the airlock and he's standing there with with Galen and um, Anders, he's like, "We should have done this from day one. We should have just told them." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I believe him. I believe that that in, in truth, it, like his biggest struggle was not doing exactly this, not just going to Bill and being like, "Bill, this is what's happening." Yep. Um, that like it, he's not a fucking liar. He's just not like at at the end of the day, I think he is. He's such a hard ass, but he is so pure and loyal and straightforward. He's very loyal to Bill. Extremely. And it is, I mean, to think that like you, you realize you are actually one of the enemy, one of the enemy forces in secret. Like you, you learn that that is who you are and you only give yourself up to save technically your opponent's lives, Mm -hmm. uh, to say, no, like I, I want to make myself the bargaining chip so that you guys don't have to sacrifice anyone and that it'll be safer, and Deanna will be forced to to compromise. Mm-hmm. Like that is some badass shit, and he knows he's going to die for it in this moment. Like he knows when he, when I walk in here and tell him this, like this is my death, uh, and that's oh, it's so fucking intense and just great. And dude, his Bill's reaction after this is, is makes painful. total sense. Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah, man. His lifelong friend, brother in arms. It's brutal. And you know one thing I noticed about it too, I really like the expression on Ty's face as he's like, you know, threatened to flush me out of an airlock and then she'll she'll have to give up, you know, like she'll have to talk. Mm-hmm. And he kind of is smiling here because he knows it's going to work. He knows it's both going to work and he finally, I think you can just see the burden you know, lifting off of him of like, it's out there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pay consequences for it, but it's off my fucking shoulders. I was honest. I was honest with my closest friend in the world. And that's off my shoulders. Like, I think he really, in this moment, is like, I can die okay now. Like, I'll feel all right if I die. I was fucking honest, finally. Oh, it's so good. And yeah, him kind of smiling, smash cut to him being walked away in fucking cuffs, and Bill just ruining his office with rage and grief. Drunken fueled rage and misery. Oh, it's rough, man. I get it. Yep. Poor Bill. Absolutely. All the people I sent to die, and for what? And for what? Uh, you know, it's funny, you and I had a lot of discussion about the idea of when they first found out that they were Cylons, revealing that to the fleet, and the pros and cons of that, and I landed mostly at cons, because at the time, they weren't being used as bargaining chips, they were still hidden, right? Mm-hmm. When the threat of Deanna returned, it does change things a little bit, so it's funny to think about that retrospectively now, having a fresh watch in, because at the time, I would never turn myself in. Right, but, right. But it starts to make more sense when you start to be used against the people that you love, right? Mm-hmm. Once that happens, you're left with few choices. And that probably makes a lot of sense as to why Ty drops a dime. Yeah. Because yeah. he's giving all the power back to Galactica in a in a moment where they desperately need it. And, right. you know, Lee punching Ty, you can say what you want about it, but he just had to witness his father's pain. And that's going to make a son very angry. And um, yeah. and he takes it out on Ty, and that's there's just a there's just a horrific tragedy there because Ty doesn't want to hurt Bill. Ty is a victim, right? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and and to know he caused so much pain to the point where the kid's son comes and smacks you in the face, like that would that would probably be as emotionally painful as anything. To know, like I get it, like you see your dad in distress, and that's because of me. But yeah, you know, I what am I going to do? This is the hand I've been dealt. Oof. And do awesome. not and to. Not to skip past, you know, the moment of of Lee like holding his own sure, dad sure. here. I mean, it is just it's intense. It's so intense, and like it kind of I, it harkens back to the beginning of this very episode of like, him thinking about like the times that I have to step up and be there when my father 
can't. Mm-hmm. And we see that as literally as possible here. So he literally has to drag his father over and take care of him. He's just drunken and falling apart and, and raging and, and, and mourning. And, you know, he kisses his dad on the head like his dad's a little kid because he's like, <laughs> I feel so bad for him, but it did kind of make me chuckle. He's like, I can't, I can't kill the bastard. I just can't do it. You know, like just admitting, like, I, I know it needs to be done, but he's my friend and I can't do it. Like, yeah, I can't. He respects and, him. Right. And that, that moment there of Lee having to say to him, he's like, I'll take care of it. Like that, mm-hmm. that one, that one shook me a little bit. Like that is such a huge moment between a father and son of like, I will do the thing you can't do. I'm taking care of you now. Yeah. Um, and that's, oh, it's so powerful, man. It's just, uh, this is what I was talking about with the character stuff. Like that is, we've been building from episode one, from the first half of the miniseries to this point with these two characters. You know, so much we've found out over time of like the reason Zach died, you know, his brother, the other son of Bill and, you know, all of these things that have kind of kept tension between the two of them. And we, it's kind of finally resolved. And, and Kara, <laughs> she was yeah, part of that tension. Absolutely. And like, it's finally kind of resolved here of like, they love each other. And also Lee is able to and ready to step in and handle decisions when his father is unable to, for whatever reason. Yeah. And like, ah, it's, sure. it's a big, it's a big moment. And the hits keep on coming because, um, you know, after the negotiation and stuff like that, we get to Starbuck getting that gut punch. I mean, not just Anders, but the chief too, whom she served with forever. Like yeah, in the yeah. same moment, arrested. God, that feeling of them just being led away. It's true, Kara, he says. She's clearly yeah. devastated, but she's on a fucking mission. She hasn't got time for this. Yeah. And, you know, I love that moment of Something Anders different saying, about like, the Viper, right? Yeah. He's like, you, you have to figure it out. You have to, like, do it. Yep. You know, leaves it to her. And and what's cool about this too is that like she doesn't say anything once that once they're arrested once they are being you know hauled away she just kind of stands there in shock because also one thing about that scene um, it's you know Kara has to find out that one her husband is a Cylon two that the chief who has been a friend and somebody she's served with for years is a Cylon and then that the XO is a Cylon like right. she finds all of that out in this moment because that soldier's casually like yeah they're Cylons just like the XO <laughs> she's just like what like I didn't know that until you just said it what the fuck like three mm-hmm. huge people in my life are fucking Cylons crazy uh, that's in, it's insane I mean like the fact that she doesn't say anything is actually the most believable that you, you just be like uh, just kind of shell shocked from the utter news. shock and then there's also the we've we've seen you know, one of the criticisms we had for, I don't remember the episode title a couple ago, was just, or, or that I had was, has her sort of quest to find Earth and the, the, the pain and the crazy visions just sort of subsided conveniently for this particular episode. But we see that desperation in her mission sort of returning. She has a mission. And even though she just got the hammer dropped on her with all the Cylon reveals, she's like, well, fuck, I, I gotta, there's, there's something here. And she figures it out and she goes sprinting off to the airlock to tell Lee, hey, I got something. Mm-hmm. And that's to me, that, that's what I was talking about earlier as far as like, you know, truth to character. This is the most yes. Starbucks shit ever. This is the most like fiery conviction I will just fucking haul absolute ass. And, to, and getting to the job do done. To be done. That's, that's exactly. Starbucks too. She gets the fucking job done, man. Exactly. There's not many people you'd want on the job other than her if it was an absolute, I have to get it done. Right. Right. The moment she realizes, even realizes it even just as a possibility, she's like, well, then we have to explore it. We have to, like, don't start killing people until we, we figure it out what this could mean. So good. For sure. It's awesome. 
Um, so I love Lee playing fucking hard ball with Deanna. Yeah, dude. Mm. I love this shit. Are you ready to come to your senses, Mr. President? And he's, he's like, actually, I have Galen and Tyrrell in, dude, <laughs> in just, the fucking airlock with theirs now. drops it on her. Boom. How do you like that? And do, you know he's got her when even Deanna, the most like composed, like hard charger of among all the silence there, she's like, frack. <laughs> like, oh, God, <laughs> they've got all of them. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, it's so yep. good. Yep. And then, of course, this this gets into Gaius having to lean on Deanna as well. Because Deanna's like, well, then then let there be blood, so to speak. Right? Right. Right. And Gaius also, gets I, this moment. Yeah, I love this interesting miscalculation by Tori, where she's like, absolutely. well, I know Lee. He, if you press him, he'll back down. And Gaius is the one to be like, absolutely not. If you press him, he will kill them. <laughs> like, yeah. don't... Don't underestimate. Oh, are you him. talking about the guy who uh, defended me when ninety nine point nine nine percent of the population wanted me to fucking hang? You don't think you, mm-hmm. you think that guy lacks conviction? You guys are making a fucking mistake. I right. sat there and almost wept in the courtroom as the fucking last guy between me and the airlock saved my fucking life by alienating all of his friends and loved ones <laughs> to defend right. me of all people. I think he <laughs> has some fucking conviction. You yeah, dummy. Exactly. Go back That's, to insulting the president with your petty fucking stupid nonsense. It's like, I know me and you love to bust Lee's balls. It's a fun, it's a fun game we play. It's I'll, I'll never stop play. playing. It's fun. But there's something, that's one thing you can never say about him is that he lacks conviction. It's like, no, he has put his life on the line when literally no one else would multiple times. Like, sure. he'll do it. Like, he'll fucking do it. Especially now that he is the president. Yeah, he'll fucking do that. He'll do it. He'll fucking do it. He'll nuke you. He'll blast he'll them all out. He'll do it. Don't test him. Um, <laughs> so yeah, awesome showdown. You think God brought you back from the darkness for this? Maybe he brought you back to resolve this peacefully, Gaius says. He then tells her that brute force has never worked for the Cylons thus far, essentially naming all the times they failed with brute force. Thank God he's right. a smart man and he remembers things. Right. He's both, you know, what's cool about this too is that he's obviously one just like you were saying, like he's just a smart, observant guy. I mean, he's a genius. Um, but I also love the idea he's that he was man. right. Well, and he was also the president at the time when they were on New Caprica. It's like of any human being, of any of them in the fleet, he had the most firsthand view of essentially Cylon leadership, Cylon goals, like the way they tried to handle the humans on New Caprica. He saw their whole strategy, their whole methodology to the whole thing. And he's like, look, I've watched you try this. It doesn't work. It's going to blow up in your face again. Yeah. You know, and they, and they like, if anybody else had tried to say that, they'd be like, oh, you don't know. It was actually because of you guys. It's like, but they can't say that to Gaius. He was there. He was in the room. They forced him at gunpoint to sign the documents they needed to do the shit. Like, he knows how they tried to manage all of these, and he knows how badly it floundered. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he, he does. He, he, you know, it's, he's, he's trying to lay it on her, the algae planet, this, that, and the other thing. And, and he is, you know, he does have a history with her. But right. I do like this. I like that we get to see this out of him. Uh, he's just tr- trying to persuade her with logic um, and with feeling. And we always have to remember Deanna's position in this whole thing. It's very odd. She's been briefed very, very recently. All of these characters know what the fuck is going on, and they have for a long time. She gets resurrected, wastes Cavill, and now she's like, ah, I'm in a situation that I... And I have some facts, but I don't have a lot of frame of reference around the missing time. Right. And, and it's right. a good play by guys to kind of leap on that vulnerability and be like, look, 
(laughs) But just by bringing in the spirituality part of it, she knows, he knows that she has a spirituality to her the way she's spoken. Oh, yeah. So he dumps it on her. He's like, do you really think he brought you back from the darkness from this? A, a, A question she's had no time to ponder and now it's getting thrown in her face to cause some hesitation, which is very important as every second becomes critical. Right, right. Anyway, Starbucks talks it. runs in and says, those three sounds just gave us Earth. And obviously this stops the execution. I love the nod fucking... Dude, <laughs> dude the nod the that, fucking words out of my mouth. That was the next thing I was going to say. The nod to Ty as the door shuts. <laughs> He's thing. like, ah, it's cool though, bro. Well, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> he gave him I a nod it. like... Like, I told you the Patriots are going to win. Like, it's so weird. It's it was, so, I, I took it as both a nod of respect, like, for good sure. on you fucking standing your ground, you know, you're, you're dying a noble death, and also like, yeah, this was always going to happen, bud. Right, <laughs> right. Like a, uh-huh, yep. Yeah, because he's, he's got the fucking smirk. <laughs> I kind of love Galen in this episode. I know, I know. The more we talk about him, the more I realize I was off. He's the comedian. I'm telling you. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know it's it's a stretch. They all discuss, like it or not, Lee. Something is orchestrating this, and whatever it is wants to find Earth with the Cylons. Kara says this, of course, leads to the stand down. Deanna says that it's a stretch, but with the final four <laughs> confirming this is true, this starts to kind of really change this standoff into you would almost say a ceasefire. Dare I say an alliance? Yeah, man, that this was maybe in a, in a lot of ways the most exciting moment of of the show to me. It's wild. Of like here we are, like we have come all this time. I mean, there's always been standoffs and tense situations and hostages and negotiations on the show, but a moment of essentially Cylon leadership standing in a room full of human Marines and Cylon Centurions, fucking shaking hands and going, "Let's go to Earth together." That's so fucking huge. Like that changes. The whole series. I mean, yep. they're at least not going to kill each other right, right now. That's already a big deal. We've essentially pledged, like, let's not murder each other right now, okay? It's let's a season finale for a reason, right? Totally, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I love this moment. And, and again, I'm so glad it's Lee in this moment, actually. Like, I think it's actually really good that it's not Rosalind. It's not Bill. It is Lee to come over and say, look, we can put that past behind us. Like, you know, I love where she starts to even say, Deanna, she's like, well, this is all, you know, this has all happened before and all, all, and he cuts her off. He's like, it doesn't have to happen again. He's like, we can choose a different path right here and now. This is our opportunity. Like, don't just, you know, resign to the idea of fate and destiny. Like, well, that's just the way to, like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, you can choose something different. And again, that's another thing I've always liked about Lee. He's a very proactive, like, I'm not just going to let things happen. I'm going to put myself in there. I'm going to do things. Um, And this is just, just a great moment of him saying, why do we have to be that way? Why do we have to be enemies? We don't need to be doing that. It's awesome, dude. And I think it's perfect that he is in it as well because he lacks the emotional baggage that the other leaders do. Totally. Rosalind and and Bill are both. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Rosalind and Bill are both like as great of leaders that they are. They have such a just like personal, just like reflexive hatred of Cylons where I'm like, you guys shouldn't be in the negotiating room. I'm sorry. All right. And it's possible. It's possible Lee may too, if he had been in the leadership position the whole time. But yeah. We've always seen him with this ability to sort of try to follow this moral code outside of 
outside of his emotion. And I like that. That's one of the things I like about him. Same with Hilo, who's kind of desperately invisible this, this week. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, but yeah, he gives amnesty to the four. He says, listen, let's shake. They shake. And he tells Bill that they have mapped the course to the location of Earth. What are your orders, Admiral? Are you ready to take us to our new home? Wow. What a moment, huh? So intense, man. It's uh, so cool. <laughs> and he just says, frack. <laughs> and they're like, oh, frack. I guess he's I guess he's pretty upset about this whole thing. <laughs> but uh, when he pops back, Into the line. he says it right here. He says, I guess he's just going to sit here flapping your lips or we're going to go find Earth. No, speak up. Karen, you guys going to stand there flapping your lips or are we going to go find Earth? It's awesome. <laughs> oh, fuck. And then, wow. man, what a moment of them standing on the CIC, fucking spooling up the Amazing. FTL, going to Earth, and then Adama getting on the, the horn to the entire fleet mm-hmm. and saying, the we one made M- it. The one MC. Yep. Oh, so fucking cool. It's awesome, <laughs> so good. He gives her the he gives Rosalind the the mic uh, in this very touching moment, and she gives the order, and it's amazing. And I, I want to talk about something here. There's there's an underlying piece to this that I think is really sort of devastating, mm-hmm. and that's if we believe in the prophecy, we believe that each step closer is a step closer that Rosalind is to death. True, and that's very sad. And I think that's sort of motivating the scenes between Bill and Rosalind, and I really like that and think it's great acting. Yeah, that's a good point, man. That's a good point. And you know? Even just the fact that he he's like he hands that order to her. Yeah, he gives it to her and in his trepidation a little bit. You know, yeah. there there is this thing where people talk about sometimes we we shy away from success because we fear what it may do to us and we dance around it when, instead of just indulging and, and pushing through and going into the next level. You know, there there's some truth to that. I understand that mentality, right? Like, how is my yeah. life change if this changes, right? And there's a fear there. And in this, you you can tell there's this, no matter how happy he is, that's going to be in the back of his mind, and it's certainly going to be in the back of her mind, if not in the front of their minds. Right. Yeah. And, you know, as they jump, we've talked about it a little bit before. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up a little bit again. Um, I am going to uh, play a little bit piece of this music again. Again, this is... Um, uh, diaspora oratorio and i'm gonna and, and the reason i'm gonna play it again is because i want to talk about it and i want to talk about some of the lyrics actually so why don't we have a listen this is sort of as they're getting closer to earth i'll let a play underneath and talk over it so i'm not totally breaking copyright laws but essentially this is the moment and i'm gonna skip in but the, the choir itself If you notice it, it's super happy, but as it drifts more, there is a bit of sadness to it, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Right. Remorseful a little bit. And and I don't just mean because Earth looks kind of fucked up, but there's more to it. And I think that's a good enough sample size. And I want to talk about the lyrics they wrote them. So biggest piece of music they ever did on the show is this one. The biggest amount of effort it took. Here are the lyrics. Ready? Mm-hmm. So the lyrics are, and um, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure. I think they're chanting in Samoan. Isn't that interesting? Ooh. Uh, Sacrifice to live, live to die, give your last breath this to the seat of war, so say we all. Oh, wait, that's the end. The beginning of it is, what the fuck is it? 
Um, Revelations. Let's see if I can find it. This is excellent radio when you don't have it immediately. Um, here we go. Um, here it is. Yeah, th- that's not the right part. This part, Journey's End. Um, this is not Simone. This looks very Greek to me. It says, um, classical Capricorn text. Writing the text, I tried to imagine a passage from a classical Capricorn text, something akin to their version of Homer's Odyssey. This is bare. I envisioned the end of a long sea voyage, ancient wooden ships cutting through the mist to find their homeland. The result is a text that feels like it was written from another era, but also inseparable from the storyline. So the oratorial piece goes like this. Journey's end, weary travelers approach a distant shore, verdant peaks pierce the melancholy haze, the sky breaks like a wave. We have all suffered, we have all survived, we have arrived at earth. So that's what they're saying. Brothers and sisters, enemies and friends embrace, for we have come home. Yet I weep, yet I weep, not for the fallen, but for the unforgiven. Um, green hills await, what wind with the wind at our backs, the heavens part as we approach. So that's all the stuff. But that little piece about yet I weep, interesting, right? Yeah. It's always kind of made me think of this underlying piece, and that's... You know, it, it's once upon a time her cancer was gone, then it came back, then she was told. And, you know, we, we were basically just told by her dead friend, the spiritual guide there, uh, look, you, you can't get away from this one. And and here we are. And you just, you, you feel for Bill and Rosalind here, even though it's a success. There is that feeling underneath it. And it really permeates the scene to me. Right. There's got to be some level of satisfaction, though, and happiness of knowing at least absolutely she gets to see Earth. Absolutely, because I mean, I think a big part of the fear in the prophecy too is that the leader would point them to the right direction of Earth and start to lead them, but not make it to Earth. Sure. Um, so there's got to be some level of like, you know, feeling victory. satisfaction, some victory of absolutely. like she made it to Earth, though she got to touch down and and be there, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I, I, it's best to say, I'm sure it's lingering at the edges of it all. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, but dude, we have to talk about the the reveal. (laughs) Okay. Earth fucking tell me what's going on here. Um, I won't lie. I, I, I was, you know, sniffing. Something's gotta be up. Something's got to be up because this is not the final episode of the series. Like that right. for me was the big, the big red flag of like, well, okay, if this is really Earth. This ain't the final episode. I, I at first was like, okay, oh shit, are they going to get there? And there's going to be a fucking new Cylon base. <laughs> like there's just like a big, massive Cylon enclave there, and it's like, <laughs> oh fuck, they did beat us, and we have a whole new huge battle on our hands, and we're fucked. Um, and if not that, I was going to think that maybe it actually wasn't Earth or or something. But then, yeah, dude, the hard cut to them standing there pulling the, you know, the that, that great, it's a great callback to that line shot, earlier. Too. Yeah. And it, that it's a callback to Rosalind's line earlier. Which is, I want to see you pick up that first fistful of Earth. And we see him pick up the first first fistful of Earth, and mm-hmm. it's irradiated. You yeah. have that Geiger counter right there. Just you're like, oh, shit. Okay, and Chernobyl. then as... As we just pan along to seeing this desolate wasteland with everybody's fucking mopey faces. Like, oh, well, this sucks. <laughs> Fuck. It's amazing. And to, to be honest, I mean, it's fantastic. It's, it's just a great, like, rip the covers off of everything and have you drop your jaw like, oh, shit. 
like this this is ruined like what if, what have we all been fighting for um but it really made me think about the whole idea you know the phrase that we've heard from the cylons over and over especially leoben all of this has happened before mm-hmm. and all of it will happen again the idea of that that earth is not some like beautiful bounty just waiting for people to finally come inhabit it no people have been there people <laughs> it was ruined and left for a reason like i feel like they even talked about it at some point that the original 13th tribe that occupied earth left earth and for some reason um and i'm like well here you go like <laughs> it, it was destroyed it was ruined who knows why or how uh but there it is what do you think they were expecting to find i think that like they a civilization? were not even that. I think they were. I think they were expecting like Roman ruins that it would be like big, beautiful, ancient ruins. But the but the, the planet is just untouched and beautiful and perfect, and nature's reclaimed it, and we get got to it. just live here. I was like, that's what I. I think that they were all. You know, you got to think that they had built it up in their minds some just to keep hope to have like, all right, this is our goal. So let's look forward to it. Like I imagine they were probably thinking it was going to be some new Eden for themselves with remnants of the old civilizations that would just be cool and interesting to see, not irradiated and desolate. Right. But God, but, what a shot. Like I some love... of the, re- the reaction shots on some of these people, dude, when they track past them. First of all, <sighs> yeah. Deanna walking up to Rosalind and Adama like, mommy, is the candy store closed? Right? <laughs> is it really a... closed, mommy? The... Has the candy store been burned down, mom? Can I not get more of me gobstoppers? Will yeah. we not see Willy Wonka? Mummy, but what about me golden ticket? Mum, <laughs> what about me golden ticket? Yeah. <laughs> and then you have, did you, did you catch, there's two, there's two moments of, of, of physical comfort uh, attempts. Number one, Tori tries to rub Andrew's arms and he just walks away from her. Yeah, he's like, get and the fuck away And then did you see Six actually rub Ty's arm? Yeah. Like, yeah I get it super interesting i'm like hey there's a hey ty there's your new way to be happy look at her <laughs> it worked for guys for a while i just like <laughs> for a minute to see all their all of it's cool to think they're all sort of thinking the same thing in this shared moment even the cylons it's a very Except for the chief <laughs> <laughs> you, they pan over to him and he's just got a bottle of liquor and he's got a cigar and he's going <laughs> you dummies <laughs> <laughs> you, you fucking dummies. losers with hope. Yeah, yeah, you're all full of hope, aren't you? <laughs> My wife got shot out of an airlock. <laughs> you idiots. You think life is good? <laughs> God, you know that's what he's thinking, though. <laughs> Too good. But I do, but but uh, but the, the chief aside, the idea that they're bonding in this shared moment of all feeling the same exact thing, which has never happened before until this moment in, in this episode. Where they right. all felt one thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that I love. And that, you know, I guess that, that's a good, you know, kind of segue into our, our thoughts about what this could mean and what, sure. what comes from, from here. For one, I already think I that this does... I can't say too does, much, to be frank, but... Well, true. You can. But I, I'm going to speculate. I mean... Please do. My, my thoughts on some of this are, I don't think it jeopardizes their alliance, the human Cylon alliance, because what's to gain from fighting at this point like you all made it you're here and it's just not what you thought it would be and they all feel the same devastation yeah they all feel the same devastation like i i love that deanna you can kind of tell that she's feeling it the most like she is seems the most crushed by she's this. definitely expressing it the most that's for damn sure um and with everybody else you know what i what i think is really interesting about this too is what does this mean for the final five because the only real importance that we understand, or we've at least been told so far, that the final five have 
is that they had been to Earth and they know the way to it. Well, here we are. We're at Earth now. Mm -hmm. So what is the status and what is the meaning of the final five? Like, are they going to be revered for anything else? Or are they just kind of, well, now you're just normal Cylons that don't look like any of the rest of the Cylons. Like, that's that. Like, your purpose has been kind of fulfilled. And for me, I, I keep wondering about what will be the status of, you know, our four, you know, known Cylons that are here. Like, are they going to be kind of, you know, a little bit on the outcast side of the, the colonials? Because this is such a weird revelation. What are the other Cylons going to think of them? Are they going to revere them? Why would they? Because here we are at Earth. Like, what else can we really gain from them? Like, you got to imagine the person who revered them the most, Deanna, she's, she might even kind of not want to be around them anymore of like yeah you got us to earth and look at it like what was the fucking point of any of this like i i kind of have this sneaking... she, should, she should be shaking her fist at the one true god if that's the case not the not the it's true not the messengers and and while you're talking about this i want to just interject because i want to talk about that very idea number one we've already seen that they can do a joint operation and we've already seen that athena can can get herself involved back in colonial life and be pretty normal it's safe to right. assume that that could be the same said for the rest of them. And now they just go I about agree. the next phase. But the other thing that I think is interesting about this is this. <clears throat> it is said that the final five know the way to earth. But I think it should, I think it's more apropos to say the final five, or in this case four, will come to know the way of earth in the midst of this. Because it's not like the final four, like, do you know where earth is? Uh, yeah, I know where it is. Cool. Show me on the map. Right. And they, just, they never did that. It was this mysterious back from seemingly death and explosion Starbuck and her special aircraft that came back completely untouched, seemingly brand new, which which sort of hints at this weird time fuckery. And then you have her finding this signal and going, what is this signal? This means something. And what did the silence actually do? Did they just confirm, yes, in fact, that is the way to Earth? Like, without them, could she have found it accidentally without being kind of, I mean... I guess I guess what I'm asking is, are, are, are we missing something, or or do we need to be a little critical here of the episode when we say the final four know the way to Earth, but not really. I just said kind of look in that aircraft over there, which you probably would have done eventually anyway, and find it through this signal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, it I would say it doesn't bug me because I there was never any hint that any of them consciously understood anything about Earth or where it would be. That it's more of like they have this sense for it, like they they That's can true. sense. Where where the clues or where the information or where the direction of it is. That's and, typically how these things are too, right? In religion, right? Exactly. It's, 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 like, it's sort of a well. <laughs> I've never sort of witnessed any revelations, but I think I what think you the, haven't seen a burning bush talk to you. <laughs> but I guess the point is, is that they are they 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 know the way to Earth is just another way to say they are going to aid you in discovering a way to Earth and confirm that way. They're not going to just say go this way. That wouldn't be a very interesting prophecy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I'm just asking: would they? Would she have discovered it without them? I guess not, because that ship might have just been sitting there, and they really pushed her to do something. And maybe that push, maybe the combination of of the three of them there discussing it and her going over to it is maybe she never does that without the three of them. I guess that's a fair assumption. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I do like your idea of like maybe there will be something to to the the final four. You know, whoever the fifth one is. Um, but the, the, at least the four that we know of now that they're on earth, they maybe do start to sense other things and start to like pick sure. up on other revelations or like be guided to something that, that helps sure. or at least helps them understand why and what, what happened. 
Yeah, I think I think you know you, to go back to what you're saying about Deanna. She says again, going back to that, I haven't been reawakened that long. Sure, I could probably access some memories and get a little bit of help, but she's processing so much stuff. I doubt she's going to my my <laughs> again. I I to be frank, I don't even remember. So this is coming at you like I literally <laughs> don't remember what she thinks of those people going forward. Um, I've only seen the last half of this season one time. Oh, uh, I know. I've seen the re- I've seen like the first season three times, and and I watch the longer it went, the more because you know you know how it is when you rewatch something, you never finish rewatching it, <laughs> and then you rewatch it again, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. So I've seen the first three seasons fucking three times. Can I watch the fourth season, <laughs> right. please? You know, um, I, I honestly don't remember. Uh, but I would imagine it just goes back to, well, now what are we all going to do? Cause we're all in this together, but I don't really recall. So that's my honest right. like opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm sitting at this point. I'm like, I can't imagine any real reason for the, the Cylons or the humans to have any animosity towards each other at this point. Cause it's like, why? Like, it's not sure. either of your fault. Like it's just a shit situation. Earth's ruined and you're here together. So, well, What's the next step? Like, next I, step? I actually, for once, think that their alliance is is not jeopardized here. Um, but yeah, I do, I do wonder about how the final five will be received. And I, and I think you're right. Like, I think there's a solid possibility that it's just kind of like, well, everybody now that they know their Cylons, but they haven't changed at all, and they're still just exactly themselves. It's kind of like, well, fuck it, I guess. Like, just get back to your job. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, yeah, now we know this thing about you. Okay weird but what what are you gonna do like like we know who you are um because yeah like they're not what i'm really curious about at this point is like we've got to learn more and i will i'll admit i would be kind of disappointed if the series ends without us understanding anything more specific about the significance of the final five silence i'm like mm-hmm. there's got like i mean even bill talks about it when he when when ty is telling him he's like i've known you for 30 years you used to have hair like what are you talking about a skin job cylon aging and well, he's like well you we might be a new type of cylon i don't know well that was always my bugaboo that's how mm-hmm. I actually would went back. We talked about this before. I went back and eliminated people I knew would be Cylons because it would have been before that technology was ever around because it wasn't around 40 years ago in the original Cylon War, right? right. Now they right. look like us was always a thing they would say about that. That was the fucking opening text of the miniseries. Now they look like us. Well, they didn't back then. So if you're 40 years or older, then you're not a Cylon. That was always the way I took it because mm-hmm. it would have been before the tech not somebody who was born way before even the final Cylon War. He was born before the Cylon War. He fought in it. So to be a Cylon means we don't know. That That was always my thing. I was like, well, I know Adama isn't. I know Rosalind isn't. I know that that was how I would eliminate them just by the logic of how they structured the entire story. Right. But like you said, when those questions came up, they sort of flippantly disregarded them, but it's as realistic as anything else because they are certainly a different type and that could mean anything. Yeah, that gets back yeah. into that. That really gets us back into that. This happened before it'll happen again. That's that was the one life raft I had in this sea of confusion when it came to Ty being a Cylon. To me, was that has to mean something, you know? Totally. Yeah. Don't know fucking what it means, but it means something. Better means something. Well, that was uh, that was awesome. That was a great episode of television. Hopefully, That's nobody okay. turned it off halfway through our bullshit. <laughs> We were being shits. Especially since we have a first-time guy writing in who's been listening for some time now. And uh, yeah. he's probably like, God, why did, why did I join this group if they're going to just <laughs> shit-talk this show that I really like? 
The so, best episode of it too? Are they insane? So so Jeff Chapman says, longtime listener, first time commenter. This is probably my favorite episode of the series. There are flaws. Mm. Sure, but I feel like every emotional beat was well earned and all that came before it. Adama's breakdown, falling times, the mission was devastating, Lee's reaction, taking command because no one else could was spot on. I don't think floating Lee or Fatly <laughs> could have managed that, but here it felt natural, like he was finally comfortable taking his place. That's a great point, Jeff. He continues, I love the moment of connection between Adama, Lee, and Rosalind, where she tells Adama she wants to see him pick up the first fistful of Earth. There's so much gravity in the room. And then Admiral's literal transformation from an old man to the old man with a change of clothes and posture. Simply excellent visual storytelling. The celebration upon their arrival. Um, he goes on and on. The shots of the fleets dropping out. Every character in that last shot offered a brief glimpse into their feelings and almost zero dollars. So Matthew, given that this could have been the end due to the writer's strike, would it have been powerful and uh, powerful if unsatisfied conclusion to the series? Or something else. I think you've kind of addressed that, and that that question already came up. Yeah. Short answer, yes. Short <laughs> answer for me, yes, like, as well. And yeah. I'm saying that regardless of whether I like or don't like the ending of the season. And I think I'm on record as saying that I enjoyed the entire series. So that might be spoiler for some of you. Um, and a lot of people didn't. A lot of people did. A lot of people didn't. It was very divided, um, which will be yeah. interesting for us. Well, one thing I'm glad uh, glad you brought up there, Jeff, uh, that I completely forgot about that this show was happening during the writer's strike. Um, and what, I didn't know that at all because, like, you know, like I've said a million times during this podcast, I don't do any research. I don't read stuff about the episodes because I am militantly avoiding spoilers. But I, when you said that, Jeff, I was like, oh, shit. That's probably why people don't like the latter half of season four. Like, the writer's strike, I remember that, dude. I, I remember oh, yeah. other shows, you know, taking a nosedive where you're like, this the quality just dropped. Oh, yeah. Where you're like, oh, God, this turned into garbage because all of the good writers were on strike. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Um, so, damn, like that, that to me makes a lot more sense now. Now, I mean, I obviously haven't watched it yet. But I'll admit, I'm a little bit like kind of holding my breath, like, oh shit, like that's why. Okay, so I'm I'm a little worried about what's to come. I'm really hoping it's a satisfying conclusion because I, I after after watching the episode, you know, then reading a little bit about this particular episode, uh, this is the last episode before the writer's strike. Yep. So this is the last one that was uh, pure, I guess you would say. Mm, indeed. Doesn't mean that other ones are bad. I haven't watched them yet. I don't know. But uh, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. I'll admit. Yep, yep. Sometimes but, uh, you gotta roll a hard six. Gotta roll. All right, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read one from Mr. Tommy Brinkley. Please do. There's a bunch on this one. Oh, so many. Tommy says, "So Earth is a nuclear wasteland, huh? Mondays, right? Damn, I loved this episode. I did the first time I saw it, and I love it even more after this watch. So much that I could comment on from the outstanding performances to the incredible score." However, I think you guys got this, so I'm looking forward to sitting back and letting the podcast wash over me. Question to you, Dean. Do you think that it would have been a ballsy move by the show's runners to end series here? I do, but then we wouldn't have the next episode, which I also love. Uh, and I think you've kind of addressed that as well. You, you, you would be satisfied with this. I, I would be, but, but, there, but I, would also, I would be satisfied with this as an ending. But I would also say, I would also say while well, they never revealed the fifth Cylon, and and the yeah. real ending of the destroyed earth is just kind of like a whatever. I, I probably would have complained that I needed to see some sort of effort on the part of the people who land on earth to know that they're going to do something to build a new world together. Right. Because yeah, what the fuck is the point, too, yeah. right? Because it, right. it, it does end on a cliffhanger, which would piss me right the fuck off. <laughs> and it would have been ballsy. And I think you could have, I think you script doctor this a little bit and you can end the, end the show right here. 
That I said, agree. there it are some amazing moments coming that, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. that I know I would never get that I, that I think are really emotionally powerful. But, um, but yeah, I think you could have doctored it in a way to do it. Um, you, you just can't leave the final, you can't leave the fifth Cylon out of it. Um, you, you would have to do something with that in the script and you'd have to show us that, you know, this is, that there is something here and they're kind of going to build a new world together and this is their new alliance. But it also kind of precludes the return of the Cylons. Like if you, it's, it seems so nice to end it, but then the, the second you stop thinking about it, there's a lot of loose ends. So yeah. Yeah. I know earlier I said I'm onto it, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, but there's too many loose ends. Although it would have been ballsy and probably kind of satisfactory. There would have been a lot of questions without a script doctoring a little bit. So that's my answer, Tommy. Hopefully uh, that's good for you. I like it. I like it. He also has a question for me. Matt, after watching season four up to this point, please tell me who is the final Cylon. You got this. I don't think I got this, Tommy. <laughs> I don't think I do. Uh, if I'm put on the spot, I honestly am still between Starbuck and Gaius. I'm like, I think it, I think it kind of has to be one of them, right? Like, Make, makes sense. I mean, we still haven't explained at all this whole thing with Starbuck fucking disappearing, her ship exploding, and then her magically fucking returning in an untouched ship that's exactly the same. Like, that's pretty massive. That's a pretty big thing that has really not been talked about all that much. Um, I would not be shocked for it to be Starbuck uh, at this point. And also, I, I'm actually glad to say I wouldn't care. Like, I would not care at this point. Like, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I, I feel like that distinction is slowly becoming meaningless in a good way of like, sure. does it matter? Like, does it matter anymore? Who is and is not a silent? Like, I think that could is one of the most interesting storytelling possibilities we get from this episode. Let me tell you something right now. I know who the fifth Cylon is or isn't. You still remember that? And I, my opinion of TV has really changed in the decade between watching season four and now watching again, knowing who it is mm -hmm. and for, for better and for worse. Um, I, I am very curious as to, as this unfolds, cause I don't remember exactly how it does. I'm, I'm being very honest about that. I can't remember at all. I just know who it is. And I remember the last episode cause the, I remember the last couple scenes of the show, but there's a fucking yeah. bunch of shit. I don't remember at all. Just little glimpses here and there that I'm sure will all return to me as I watch. And I think I'm going to, I don't want to say anything. Yeah. I don't want to say anything. I'm, okay. I'm curious as to how I'm going to feel about it is what I'm, is what I'm saying this time around. I don't know if I ever told you how I felt the first time around, because if I did, that might be an indicator as to spoilery territory. Gotcha. All right. Fair um, enough. More, more listener comments. Yeah. Uh, JD says, um, a lot of people are kind of saying some of the same things, but he, and that's cool because we are too, right? So he <laughs> yep. says, um, he's talking about the scene between Ty and Adam and he says, Pay attention to the lighting. Colonel Ty, one of the revered yeah. Final Five, was brightly lit, almost like an angelic pure being, while Adama was lit in a darker, more natural tone. A very nice touch and a great choice from the directing team. That is a very good catch, dude. It's a great catch, JD. Uh, and, and yeah, like kind of like that same callback with um, Galen and, and Anders standing on the balcony like the Final Five. If you remember... The first time we see the final five, when we kind of get that glimpse of Deanna's vision, they're super brightly lit. Like they're, they're like yeah. glowing almost. So that's a really good catch, JD. Yeah. Um, Marcus also picked up on Ty's smirk, basically saying, look, I'm the ace in the hole and I'm ready to die and save the fleet. Marcus is saying, my name is Saul Ty. I'm an officer of the clone of the fleet, wherever else I am, whatever else it means. That's the man I want to be. And if I die today, that's the man I'll be. Beautiful. Saul Ty, Jackie, 
talked about him, saw motherfucking Ty. She said, Hilo might be a good friend of Starbuck, but he has got nothing on Ty. The man that destroyed his own reality so Bill wouldn't have to nuke the woman he just sat in a raptor for, revealing himself to be a silent, doing so, proving that he's in fact the man that Bill always knew him to be. Uh, that's such a great way of saying Brilliantly it. Yeah. said, Jackie. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, you know, I still understand Bill's like, horror in that scene of like your whole reality just got upturned again of like the uh, someone you've been friends with for 30 years is not even a human being like that's just it's just such a shock uh, of of revelation that it's just terrifying and and you know maddening but at the same time i think jackie nails it of like he just proved he is the most stalwart fucking golden-hearted friend you have he 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 didn't have to say any of this he didn't have to reveal himself but he did so that you would have a shot to, for one, save Rosalind, the woman you love, and prevent the entire fucking fleet from being destroyed. Like, he made himself the one bargaining chip you needed. And think he of did the, not think have of, to. Think of, think of all that rides on it. That's the hardest, that's gotta be, outside of killing Ellen, that's gotta be one of the hardest things he's ever had to do. Because he knew that he was going to destroy the person he cared about the most by giving him this information. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What a fucking exactly. choice. Uh, there's oh, a lot of great, so great, more great stuff in this. Marcus had a lot to say. One thing in particular, he said, the signal that appears on Starbucks Viper, which the fe- fleet is following to Earth, is actually the rhythm of all along the watchtower. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yep. Dude, I was rereading the lyrics to that song again today, trying to see if they're like, oh, what what meaning can I pull from it to like maybe see if the show's doing it? That song I, is so fucking enigmatic. I'm still like, I have no idea. <laughs> I, have I, I no actually idea. talked about that. It's so on, short and weird. The, on the page. Um, yeah, I don't know if you caught any of that. Um, did you do it on these the comments or no? Well, Ed Eberhart had a post on the Facebook group. He said, "I spent a few years teaching literature and lit theory in colleges and universities, but I'm also a huge proponent of boner jokes." And I want to tell you that you've been you solved the duality of man. Well, I didn't mean to read the part where he sucks us off, but thank you, Ed. Appreciate it. He said, "With that out of the way, we are going to talk about all along the watchtower and its role in the show. I've been chewing on it for a decade. Any ideas?" And I just said, I think it was a way to tie things back to Earth as it would be familiar, but also specific to tease an unknown timeline that may be relatively close to us now or not at all. The lyrics discuss the Joker and the Thief. Both of these types of characters are archetypes that have a timeless quality to them. It's also about somewhere out, some way out of here, which could suggest that the fleet is trying to get home, so to speak, to get out of here. And then he yeah. had some more retorts to that, which are more interesting. He said, that's a fair point. I used to think it was sort of a Stephen King Dark Tower deconstructionist move, a la these universes, universes are adjacent to ours in terms of time and space, and the familiar bits make it all sound that more fantastic. That's a really good call, too. Yeah. That te- that teasing of the familiar. Interesting. Good stuff. Yeah. No, I, d- I dig it. I dig it. And there's a, there are a few other lines in the in the song that I thought were like, oh, there's some interesting resonance there. Like talking about there there are people who think that life is but a joke. Sure. Um, ah, yeah, you know, Galen. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It is an interesting choice to to make it such a central reoccurring song. For sure. Well, I dig it. That was a hell of a podcast episode. I think we covered a lot. We are now yeah, going hard. to, if I'm not mistaken, we're probably only doing this nine or ten more times. Uh, the Oof, final wow. episode's a three-parter, so it's three episodes. We'll probably roll them in one go on the recording. Ooh, wow. All right. I don't know. We'll talk about that. But um, but coming up next, we have an episode titled Sometimes a Great Notion. Um, so it'll be interesting Ooh. to get back into that action. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, we should probably mention that Michael Reimer directed this episode of uh, Revelations. Ooh, why is that so familiar to me? He's done a bunch of TV. Um, He's done other Battlestar too, right? Other oh, episodes. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yep. He for has sure. done. Um, he did a lot of producing for Battlestar more than directing. Oh no, no, he directed twenty two episodes. Oh wow, okay. He directed <laughs> thirty three, which is you oh, might argue uh, as a quote monster of the week episode is probably the best one ever. Yeah, it's great. Cobalt's <laughs> last gleaming one and two. Ooh. Pegasus Resurrection Excellent. one and two. Lay down Ooh. your burdens one and two. Crossroads one and two. And yeah. he does Daybreak as well. So. He bring they bring in the heavy hitter. He directed nine Hannibal episodes, some American Horror Story, um, Jessica Jones. But most of he, he cut his teeth. You would say, oh, he directed Queen of the Damned. Whoops, whoopsie, whoopsie. Oh boy, fucking Calmay. But <laughs> stop uh, my god. He clearly, uh, he clearly redeemed himself after that. But anyway, <laughs> good times. So uh, sometimes yeah. a great notion we'll be covering in two weeks' time. And uh, in the meantime, we thank you guys for listening. We thank you guys for joining us on the in the Facebook group. Um, it's, I'm glad that, that now that there's ten episodes left in the show, I finally thought maybe I should put the the the, the maybe I should put the um, the web addresses for these Facebook groups in the show notes so you could just click on them and join them instead of trying to search them. You know, I probably could have thought of that three years ago, but you know, <laughs> I'm, still I'm innovating, a, baby. I'm a terrible marketer. That's just the reality. Um, my skill. <laughs> At least somewhat little I have resides behind the microphone. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. That said, you guys have been terrific, and uh, we're going to get out of here. Matthew, tell these good people goodbye. Goodbye and farewell.